Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everybody and welcome back to the penultimate uh, film in our season of Polizioteschi movies here. Uh, so this is now episode what are we eleven I think uh, of uh, of season three of the Wild Wild Podcast. My name is Adrian Smith and I am joined once again by Mr. Rod Barnett. Hello, Rod. Oh, I thought you were asking me a question. Sorry. I, I, yes, I'm. I'm here. I'm fine. I, you I, are there. I'm clearly not awake yet for some reason. So by the magic of uh, technology, you're, you're, we are connected across the world, across the internet. Yeah. Um, so um, we've had a couple of weeks uh, to prepare for this movie. Did you um, Did you manage to get off the heroin? Over the last couple of weeks, Rod, I know I've I'm down I've struggled a bit. Uh, yeah, I'm down to just snorting it, so I'm good. Okay. I'm good. No longer Excellent. no longer using the needle, so I feel as if yeah. I've stepped up a bit in the world. So I feel it's important to really immerse ourselves in these films. <laughs> to get you know, I, I was I was under the impression that 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 you know we we needed to be involved in high crimes. Ah, yes. ah, 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 ah. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> that was that was really bad. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Yeah. So um, we well, let's before we just uh, it's good to have some any particularly exciting bits of news that we've got. I guess as both of us, I don't know, we seem to be doing we both on a bit of a roll at the moment with um, having interesting projects uh, in the background. So last time we talked about a an arrow, uh, an arrow box set that you've just been involved with. I'm sure you've got several dozen commentary tracks under uh under embargo <laughs> well, at yeah. the moment as and, well. yeah about uh about three yes actually wow okay yeah i've got i've only got one that's currently sitting in a can waiting to be announced but um i did also uh just see recently that uh, network here in the uk 
they've just announced their release of Conga on Blu-ray. Ah, uh, that's Conga with a K. So it's that's the uh, <laughs> the kind of King Kong trampling over London film yes. starring yes. Michael Goff. Uh, it's not a documentary about uh, <laughs> dancing or. Although it it could be considered a documentary about Michael Goff's ability to act like a a supervillain. So, yes. Mm. Uh, So, yes, a Congress coming out. And I did actually do the the booklet essay for that one, which was fun. It's nice to occasionally do something that's a bit more like a family film, I suppose. Uh, Not that anybody in my family would want to watch it. (laughs) Hey, I would want to watch it. I've watched Conga more times than I probably should in my lifetime. Oh, what a film. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it was really fun to do lots of research on uh, on conga and um yeah hopefully people will like what i came up with uh, so yeah so anyway when is that did you, do you know when that's due out uh, i mean by the time this podcast goes live it may be out oh excellent i think it's uh sometime middle of august i forget the date exactly but it's um yeah well, you've given Not me long. good reason to to purchase another copy of Conga, which probably I should curse you for. So. Uh, yeah, you can never have too many. In fact, I mean, if you've got several copies of Conga, you can, of course, put them all in a line and then dance them along. Um, <laughs> How much yeah. research into uh, gr- gorilla co- gorilla costumes did you have to do for this project? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wrote the whole thing in a gorilla costume. Ah, well, uh, <laughs> honestly, I'm impressed that you're going for such authentic, authentic, yeah. authentic uh, a feel for your for your writing that's, projects. That's a, that's that, amazing. That's why authenticity that's why is so, necessary. Yeah, that's why there'll be so many spelling mistakes as I mash <laughs> mash the keys in my giant <laughs> gorilla gloves. Anyway, right, let's get to the film. <laughs> oh my goodness. Does this yeah. does this feel like a train wreck to you? I'm just curious. Yeah. Let's try and rest, try and pull things back from the brink. Uh, so this week we are going to talk about the fabulous film La Via della Droga, the Street of Drugs, or On the Street of Drugs, better known to all of us as the Heroin Busters. Mm-hmm. Q some goblin uh, music. fact we could start off just by talking about the music there that's probably uh, a good gob- idea yeah goblin i think this is our first bit of goblin on the podcast <laughs> first um, our first bit of goblin what a way to put yeah. that yes i agree and this was f- like hot off the back of doing uh suspiria i think this was the same year as suspiria yeah so they were riding pretty high they'd obviously done deep red as well i think this was their first poliziotesky movie and it's an interesting they're kind of an interesting choice because whilst their sort of proggy sound fits quite well with uh with argento's sort of larger than life over the top movies it seems initially like a bit of an odd choice for a gritty 
Alexia Teske movie. What did you think of the score? Well, the thing is, uh, I, I, I have a difficult time with the score for this movie, mainly because I came to this score before, you know, as a piece of music before I ever saw the film. Me too. Uh, yeah, so I knew the music just as a wonderful piece of music. Now, don't get me wrong, I knew that it had been composed for this film, but I didn't see Heroin Busters until, you know, sometime in the early 2000s when it yeah, was issued. No, I'm just, I'm just waving the uh, my vinyl copy of the soundtrack at you over <laughs> Zoom here. Um, I listened to this loads before I'd seen the movie. Because uh-huh. um, this was put out on vinyl back, uh, I think about five or six years ago, as a record store day exclusive. So it's got loads of great pictures and uh, and stuff and writing about the film. And apparently the the soundtrack was never released. So even though Goblin, you know, obviously Suspiria, Deep Red, those albums were out, but this was never put out as a separate soundtrack at the time. It was only, I think, in the 90s when a CD was finally released. Mm-hmm. And it's only this... Only this vinyl release that has all the music that they made for the film. Um, so it's quite unusual, considering how popular Goblin were. You would have thought that, that a soundtrack album would have been a no-brainer. Well, you would think, but I think that probably if I if I had to crawl inside the the rotted, fetting, fettered skull of a of a record executive, it would be well. It's not a horror movie, so people will mm. not buy it. And it's like, no, you moron. That's, that's pr- yeah. I'm, I'm I'm assuming that was the thought process. Yeah, probably. It is good though. Oh, it's I a like great it a score. Lot. It's absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, I love I it. I mean, it's it's layered over the film a great deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of music in this movie. Well, More, they knew, I think, you, you got to think they knew what they had because I mean, the entire opening what, five minutes is silent except for it's it's a montage of uh, that plays under their amazing music for this film. That is, yeah. You know, that demonstrates that's demonstrating uh, in detail just how pervasive and large the drug, uh, the, the the drug industry, the illegal drug industry is worldwide. Yeah, we're um, we're kind of globe trotting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we which um, and if you want to do, I think we're in Hong Kong, and we are in um, Amsterdam, Amsterdam, Colombia. Oh, Colombia, that was it. New York uh, and New York, and and finally Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and we've got uh, a, a cast, uh, uh, two main heroes here. So in this introductory section, we see uh, Fabio Testi, who I don't know if his character ever actually gets a name. Um, if he's ever, you know, on the IMDb, they just call him Fabio. Yeah, I don't know whether they ever actually call him anything, but he's basically under. He might be just called Fabio. Anyway, he's. Um, he's involved in picking up drugs meanwhile there's this other guy who is some kind of drug dealer uh, in colombia mm-hmm. in amsterdam we see enzo castellari himself <laughs> dealing drugs outside a sex shop in amsterdam which i thought was really funny uh y'all yeah um, y- you always wondered about that guy right i mean he's a film director he's probably he's probably doing no doing no good right now I have an Enzo Castellari story actually. Oh, before oh, we go cool. further, I have I have met Enzo Castellari. Ah, for which, um, for, and I, I I have many reasons to to envy you, and this is just another one. So, so he, uh, although it, it's not as good a story as it could have been, um, so he was making an appearance at the Cine Excess Film Conference about this about ten years ago in London, and I had arranged to do an interview with him which I was really excited about. I was going to interview him that day. 
when he was introducing a screening of Bronx Warriors. And so I had a quick chat with him before the screening and he didn't seem to have anybody with him who was kind of managing his what he was doing that day. So anyway, so I, I my understanding was that once the film started, he was going to leave and then we would do our interview whilst the film was on. That was what I thought the plan was. Right. So I had a quick chat with him beforehand. I took a, I took a photo of him, actually, that I've, um, I'm quite, I was quite pleased with. I'll tweet it out at some point. Um, and he signed my Betamax copy of Bronx Warriors. But um, so anyway, so we went in there and he introduced the film and then the film came on and he just sat and watched the movie (laughs) and he didn't leave, although he was looking at his phone. And I thought that was really funny. That's the first time I've been in a film in the cinema where the person looking at their phone was the director of the movie. (laughs) Well, he he knows um, this film. It's not a big deal. Yeah, he's, he's seen it before. But I waited and I waited and he never came out. So I had to give up on my uh, my my hope of interviewing Enzo Castellari. That's a shame. But, um, That's a but real I shame. Get, yeah, but I did get to meet him. So that was cool. I mean, I love Bronx Warriors. Uh, it's one of my favorites. So very pleased to uh, to meet him. Well, he's another and, one of those uh, Italian directors who I mean, no. you, you could you can look at the, the you could look at his yeah. uh, his career as a director and you know be impressed by the number of genres that he that he traipsed yep. through i mean i first of all i'm going to once again put out my call for one of his early spaghetti westerns johnny hamlet from 1968 uh that that's a film that someone desperately needs to release on blu-ray with lots and lots of mm. extras that's just an okay. incredible i just absolutely love that film and yes of course it is a spaghetti western version of, version of hamlet. hamlet uh it's yeah. well worth well worth seeking out and i wish someone would do a really yeah. good release of that but you know besides the spaghetti westerns and his you know as his career began this is you know the, the i think he really kind of came into his own as a director uh don't get me wrong you know kill them all and come back alone is a great spaghetti western but when oh. he started making the the crime films that he made in the 70s i think that's when his career you, you gotta t- you gotta take note of him from there on with things like high yeah. crime and street law and the big racket mm-hmm. Uh, this 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 is the guy who uh, who seemed to be able to let's put it this way, unlike some other directors we could talk about, I've not yet seen an Enzo Casolari film that I've not enjoyed uh, to no. one to one degree or another. Uh, you know, I, I I have nits to pick with uh, well, <laughs> you know, sixty five to seventy percent of them, but there are still. They're, they're yeah. still very entertaining films I mean, that I enjoy. Just before this film, he did one of the last great spaghetti westerns with Kioma. Yes, exactly. And um, of course, and there, of there, course, is a, there is a nit to pick with that one, as much as I love that movie. Exactly. Yeah. And then he went on to do Inglorious Bastards, which yeah. is fab. Um, and he even has a has an un, I can't speak he even has an uncredited credit on the humanoid so yeah he directed the uh, the opening sequence of that movie yeah. after they they realized they kind of needed a a, 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 a more action oriented yeah. start to the film so yeah and um, yeah, I mean, yeah anyway great guy so loads of cool stuff um, in his career and obviously he's a big favorite of Tarantino and Tarantino as well as nicking the name of his film he also has a cameo in tarantino's and glorious bastards yes yes indeed um so yeah so yes we like enzo castellari uh the bronx warriors trilogy are just uh superlative wonderful stuff um 
we will get to those uh, at some point in the podcast. I'm if you have a taste for the uh, confident, the, the weirder end of his career, and the more, um, let's just say, definitely R-rated, uh, I right. do. I do want to point people toward the House by the Edge of the Lake, which I think is a fascinating film. Oh uh, right, yeah, I've never seen that one. Is that a um, Last House on the Left ripoff? It, it really kind of that's depends. a bit re- that's it, a bit reductive but. it's it, it well i think that the title doesn't sell it as well as it, oh, okay. it, kind of correctly it's it's a bit more interesting than that and it's oh no it's a supernatural thing. yeah it's 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 not they're they're using that title to kind of draw people in and there's a it's it's an unsettling film in in ways that i really find to be extremely uh inter- interesting and uh, it, like I say, it's it's known as the House by the Edge of the Lake. Uh, there there are better titles that it was also known as, but it's it's a fascinating film, and I think that it's okay. it's one that I, that people could be uh, people could be drawn into in a weird way. I mean, interesting cast the, to say the least. So yeah, the uh, IMDb's keywords for this film: topless girl, incest, <laughs> giallo. <laughs> There's nothing like the internet to really reduce things to their bare components, so to, so to speak. But there's a lot to there's a lot to be impressed okay. with in his in, yeah. in his in his well, entire career. Good. So, uh, yeah. okay. Until and until I, done, until I get Johnny Hamlet on Blu-ray, no one sh- uh, no one no one will hear the end of it. So, have you done the house on the edge of the park on the Nashicast? The house on the edge of the park, or the house by the edge of the lake? Sorry. The house on the edge of the lake, which is near oh. the house on the edge of the park. Well, they're uh, all they're all down, they're all in the, the same. I think they're on the in the yeah. same neighborhood and near the same uh, near the same body of water. Yeah, <laughs> so the, the house by the lake film. No, you, uh, that's a Spanish co-production. So is I have not. Uh, I have not done that. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, I, I couldn't tell you exactly why, because it certainly would give me the opportunity to to, to rant and rave about uh, about the director. Mm. Uh, but no, I, I have not as yet. That's uh, that's an untapped topic that I mm. probably ought to do sometime soon. Okay. As I as I look as I look across the ocean at, at someone who could possibly do a podcast with me about that film one day. Mm. Yeah, no, Enzo Casolari, loads of good stuff, and this film also sees uh, two other quite important contributors to uh, Italian cinema making their debuts on the podcast first of all fabio testi no 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 he was in revolver isn't he oh yeah oh wait yes fabio. you're right damn it you're right never mind but what a good looking guy <laughs> my goodness and he, what a, he's he's too talented it, it bothers me i mean now. he's too good looking and to to be an undercover hippie guy who <laughs> deals heroin like if when you see him as a drug dealer I mean, not that he's a bad actor but you just see, like, no, nah, he's too good looking to be that guy. <laughs> if I was putting somebody undercover in that world, I would have chosen a much uglier cop. A much sleazier looking. Testier. Yeah. Yeah. But he's absolutely fabulous. Uh, very, um, what's the word? The sort of magnetic. Like, you can't keep your eyes off him when he's on screen. Oh, no. He's, so he's, he's a gorgeous man. It's, 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 it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but definitely here, I think for the first time is David Hemmings, yes, who is of course kind of Italian cinema royalty thanks to um, well Blow Up and Barbarella, yeah, and uh, Deep Red. Oh, de- de- yeah, definitely Deep Red. I would say Fragment yeah. of Fear as well. 
but uh, oh yeah, yeah, he, he's he's one of the, he's one of those people who um, he seemed to be able to to for for for, a, for almost twenty years he seemed to be able to work both both sides both sides of the uh, the divide there between uh, mm. Hollywood and Italy and uh, the, uh, the 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 yeah really interesting he did a lot of he direct he was a director as well yeah yeah. Uh, funnily enough directed episodes of the a-team amongst other things i mean imagine that well i mean he, he seemed to in the and, 80s move into working a lot both yeah. behind and in front of the camera for american television even, yeah. even episodes of quantum leap and airwolf so, uh, yeah <laughs> which is which is really strange yeah but yeah he um yeah really interesting obviously he was cast in deep red specifically because deep red is effectively a remake of blow up Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but he's so good he's so good at what he does and I really again I'm, I hadn't seen Heroin Busters before and he's great in this he's obviously he's, he looks I don't know whether they've deliberately given him grey hair here or if they dyed his hair in deep red because this is only a couple of years later but he looks about 10 years older yeah I'm not sure it's um I hadn't really thought about that, but you may, you may mm. be right. To me, he just he looks like he looks like the David Hemmings that I'm that I'm used to seeing yeah. from the from the late '60s all the way up through the early '80s. But yeah, yeah you're you're right about the hair color. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Um. Very good, and also another. But we do have somebody returning to the podcast here. Oh, uh-huh. our very our, our very own Sherry Buchanan. This is true. Uh, the the star of the wonderful Escape, <laughs> Escape from, from Galaxy, Galaxy 3. Three. I knew you. I mean, there's just no way we're getting past Escape from Galaxy <laughs> 3 ever. Um, if, it, if, it, if there's any way to bring it up, you're doing it. Yep. And of course, uh, what have they done to your daughter? She's also in that one. Um, I don't know, Rod, if you've had the chance to, and there's no reason why you should, whether you listen to my episode, which I did, which I recorded in Italy. But I did actually go to Sherry Buchanan's house. Uh, yes, I did. I did listen, and I was uh, I was yeah. disappointed. Well, I mean, you, you did discover <laughs> that you were right about the location, but you did not get yeah. to actually. But she know, wasn't home. Stalk her. How cool would it have been if she'd have answered the door? It would have been amazing. <laughs> Who's this guy? Why is he recording this conversation? And thank God the police have been called. You know, something like yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, she's busy pressing a panic button. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's another fanatical fan <laughs> of Escape from Galaxy Three at the door. Yeah. Help me, please, police officer. Uh, uh, that would have been, yeah. I should have had an Escape from Galaxy Three T-shirt on. Then she would have known that she was going to be completely fine. Um, but oh, I man. am going to. I haven't written her a letter yet, but I'm going to do that. But anyway, she's back in this one as well, which I was. Uh, pleasantly surprised to discover so the heron buses yes yeah, so we've start off with this globe trotting kind of trail of how heroin is getting to rome yeah and then the story sort of settles down and we are in rome for the rest of the film and um it actually takes a long time i don't think this is too much of a giveaway because it's in all of the plot descriptions but the film doesn't actually reveal that Fabio Testi is an undercover cop for a good half an hour yeah. or so, which I think is quite clever. So it's almost a shame that all the plot descriptions tell you that that's what he is, because if you didn't know, it's a really good twist. Yeah. So I, if I was showing this film to somebody for the first time, I would not reveal that bit of information. I would keep that to myself because 
uh, I think it's fun not to know that. But of course, we've just ruined that as well. I was about to say, well, too late for the spoiler warning. Doubt. Um, <laughs> but it's like, it's, if, you, uh, if you look at the box, it's literally on the back of the box as well. So there's kind of no avoiding it unless you can just blindfold somebody and bring them into the cinema and they've never seen it before maybe they would appreciate that but but the way that it's revealed that he is another cop is really fun what do you i mean what do you think of the tone of this movie it's quite serious but at the same time it's just basically a big chase movie yeah and and um there's not that much plot and it's just like fabio testi being fabulous fabulous fabio that's a that is a good way to put it yeah. i'll be honest i've always felt that the heroin busters is um they were clearly trying to shake things up a little bit to do something a little bit mm. different in the in the realm of this genre but i don't know that they were completely successful because i i don't find the heroin busters to be as engaging as a lot of other examples of the genre i think that it's mm. it's uh it's a very interesting film i do find it uh I, I i don't dislike watching it i enjoy big chunks of it but at the same time i'm never fully engaged in what's going on it just seems as if there's um it, it seems as if there's some distance between us and kind of caring about the characters on screen there's no hook to make us really kind of be concerned about either the safety or the the circumstances of the characters that we're watching and that's that's kind of odd um, i think some of that i i've tried to I've, I've spent a few days trying to figure out what it is that that kind of feel, makes me feel as if there's a, a sense of distance between me and this film where i don't fully engage with the characters and I don't know if it's because they were going for that kind of tone. I mean, the movie does start off with the feel of a really well-scored documentary, <laughs> where, we're, yeah. where we're being where we're, where we're being showed the worldwide drug trade to a degree, with uh, some some really great music underneath it, and yeah. then we're slowly introduced to our characters. But there's a there's a sense of um, disconnect in a weird way from what's. Um, what's being portrayed for instance i you know the, david hemmings plays the cop who is essentially the only guy who knows that fabio testi's character is an undercover cop there he's so deep yeah. undercover that they're they're going to make sure that you know none of, there's no way this can leak out both for his safety and also to make sure that what they're trying to do actually succeeds although if something happened to david hemmings like if he got shot oh yeah Fabio Testi would be screwed. He'd be he'd be done. I mean, it's like, how do you convince somebody? Look, I need you to look in in the files. Yeah. You will find. I me. am an undercover cop. I am really? a cop. I swear. Yeah, whatever. But the but the uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna help him in the middle of a gunfight. So that's for sure. No. But the, um, the yeah, because we start to realize that there's every chance that Fabio Testi is going to get shot by the police mm -hmm. who don't know who he is. Exactly, is, and, uh, and and it's necessary crazy. for what they're trying to do, but it still doesn't change the 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 fact that there's there's real danger involved with this character who is a good guy he is someone who's mm -hmm. trying to to stop this but the um the strange thing i think i think part of it is that um we're kind of kept at a distance from the fabio testi character we're much more we're much more watching him do what he's doing without ever really engaging with him on an emotional level and also the same is true with the david hemmings cop character where i mean there's a there's like about a 30 or 35 minute long stretch of the movie where the, where hemmings isn't even in this thing he's just no. i mean they they kind of 
take they kind of nod toward him and introduce his character, and then the focus goes on to uh, Fabio Testi's uh, you know adventures in the underworld, trying to do what he's mm-hmm. doing. And that's you know we, we for a long period of time you you would not be um, you 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 would not be wrong in thinking. Is David Hemmings in this film? Wait a minute. Did I yeah. did I remember? Did was he at the beginning of this movie? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. There's a. I, I don't ever feel completely engaged with by by the film, even while I'm impressed by it, and I really like big chunks of it a lot. There's a big section of the film where basically Hemmings is out of action, and it's left to Fabio Tessi. I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that they're the last. The last act of this film is is a chase. Oh yeah. Basically, and it's almost the last. And it's really great. It's like half the film, maybe. Yeah. It's astonishing, yeah. The, 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 the last half hour of this movie is brilliant. Yeah, but Hemmings is nowhere to be seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, left it all. And Fabio Testi's doing all of his own stunts, including, and again, I don't think this is a spoiler because it's in the trailer, he's also a skilled pilot, it turns out. And this must be the first film, maybe outside of a James Bond film, where there is a chase between two planes it's weird and it's great and it's so it looks so dangerous but fabio testi is flying the plane himself and the actor playing the bad guy who he's chasing is also flying the other plane because he was just fabio's flight instructor and they, <laughs> so he's not he's not an actor in all the other scenes he's doing his best to act but he's basically there because he can fly a plane so the final big chase that kind of starts out on foot and then becomes a motorbike chase ultimately becomes an airplane chase. It's really great. Yeah. It, 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 well, uh, the, the number of chases in this movie is really impressive. Yeah. But I know, what you, I, mean, I know what you mean about the sort of lack of character development. Yeah. But, um, but it's so fun. There's like chase through, uh, through subway tunnels well i mean think about the, the the number of different kinds of chases it's almost as if the movie was constructed just to have a series of chases which it don't is, get me wrong they... that's good that means it's almost better constructed than cannonball run but 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 essentially we start out on foot start out on foot go to i think first a motorcycle then a car Oh, yes, there's a car chase as well. They basically just picked loads of cool locations and then thought, what can we do? And according to the interview on the Blu-ray with Fabio Testi, he said that basically Enzo Casolari didn't do any planning or storyboarding or anything like that. He would turn up at the location and then look around and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. A big sequence in this chase takes place at the Baths of Caracalla, which is a massive Roman ruin. It's really spectacular, actually. It's just outside Rome. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that if they went there today, they wouldn't be allowed to ride motorbikes around in it <laughs> in the way that they do in this film. They're no, up and down no. staircases and doing jumps over stuff. But it, it's a really spectacular uh, location. And it looks like there's some kind of... It's used as an opera house or something because there's a big stage in the middle. Yes, but they also they also have some action on that that whole that whole that whole chase sequence. Uh, the, the it's it's phenomenal. It's it's one of those things where you forget um, at a certain point exactly exactly what's going on because you're so wrapped up in the chase. It's so yeah. it's so effectively done. That's something that Casillari was so good at. Was putting yeah. action sequences on screen. He knew how to do this. It's really amazing to watch. 
and I think half the cast are Italian stunt guys. I know one of the guys who plays one of the drug dealers was Fabio Testi's stunt double. Ah. And a lot of the guys that are cast are just stunt performers. So that when they, there's a brilliant chase, part of the chase is around a building site, and it looks really dangerous. <laughs> like, yes. If you step just slightly wrong to the left, and you're going to plummet to your death and land and get impaled on a bunch of um, iron rods or something. Like It looks really dangerous. So a lot of the guys that were cast were stunt performers, specifically because of obviously what the last half of the film was going to be and what they would have to do. Well, um, there are more than a few places in this movie, I, I, yeah. I, at least four or five, where I honestly, I'm watching, and there, there's no doubt, I mean, Castellari's making sure the camera is capturing the fact that this is Fabio Testi, this is the actor doing yeah. this stuff. When there are, there are several moments in the film where I'm just thinking to myself, oh my God, there's no way in hell I would have my main actor doing yeah. what he's doing right in front of me because one yeah. slight misstep and there's, uh-huh. you know, one, you know, errant breeze and, we're, yeah. you know, we're going to have to no... shut this thing down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really something. Should we? So we haven't really said that much about the plot, and I guess partly we don't really need to. But um, basically, Fabio Testi, so he's smuggling these drugs from Hong Kong back into Rome. Yeah, he gets he gets arrested, and then put into jail. But he's not in a. It's really weird. It turns out to not be in a real jail, but he's in some kind of. I don't know what it is, like a barn, mm-hmm. that. Well, it's clear this really is an off. Where he's supposed to be? Yeah, this is he's a, being kept uh, off books. Right, right. Because David Hemming's character is actually he works for Interpol, and so this yeah. is something that is is a cooperative uh, thing going on between a couple of different countries. Clearly, as they're trying to trace this drug trade back to the uh, to the to the source to the buyers to the the, the the people who are actually importing this stuff into Italy. And so there's this uh, uh, kind of, they kind of only make a nod toward the, some of the, 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 the difficulties that David Hemming's cop character is having yeah. trying to keep this, uh, this almost fractured group of cops moving in the same direction. Uh, so and, yeah. So he's like, he's being kept and then they bring in this other guy who's done for dealing heroin outside of school gates and that he gets beaten up by loads of angry parents and then brought in but this is this was it seems to be this was all part of the plan because fabio then makes friends with this guy and helps to escape yeah it, this is this is the julio character he, who's yeah. also uh it's, it's pretty easy to, to get on this guy's side because he's also a junkie just got to give him just got to give him some drugs and he's yep. your best friend and they um so they escape and it turns out that his girlfriend is our friend uh, Sherry Buchanan, playing Vera. <laughs> and she is part of this experimental theatre gr- group or something. I'm not entirely sure. There's an experimental theatre troupe here involved. and But the theatre is also basically just where all the drugs are. Yeah. And um, so Fabio just gets... He's basically trying to climb the ladder to get to who is ultimately responsible for the drug trade. That seems to be his goal. And um, David Hemmings is kind of helping him in as much as he can to, uh, to, to, to get there. And that's basically where we just end up with this massive chase in the end as he's going after the guys and then ultimately the, the main bad guy. But in the meantime, we also get some gratuitous 
uh, exploitation <laughs> of, 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 of a lot of different types yes yeah to, to make money so that they can buy more drugs vera sort of pimps herself out to rich women mm-hmm. i think is what we're supposed to assume there uh, well yeah um, i mean we, we we get a completely extraneous and unnecessary lesbian yes. sequence yes i think that sequence is purely there just so they could have some photos of that in the publicity materials probably so um but you know bless her she's game isn't she sherry buchanan <laughs> your, um, your admiration for miss buchanan it bubbles over it really does yeah. well actually just uh i'm just on the uh, heroin busters page on the imdb and it's just playing connected trailers now and it was just playing the trailer for dr butcher md medical deviant also known <laughs> as um uh, which one is it zombie holocaust and she's the star of that as well so just being just being reminded of, of some clips of uh, of that she was great she had a short but she had a short but interesting career i mean you know what have they done to your daughters yeah tentacles heroin <laughs> busters yeah uh the last house on the beach which is uh, yet another of those films using the oh, last which is just yeah. just near the last house on the lake yeah well it's you know, it's 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 down the road a piece you've got you, you got to yeah. get to the ocean for that one and by the way, that is a nasty piece of work. Last House on the yes. Beach is a is a vicious, mean-spirited film. And then, of course, you know, the the, the Emmanuel, Emmanuel and Joanna uh, in 79 and Zombie Holocaust. And, of course, your favorite film of all time, uh, Escape from Galaxy 3. I think, I think you'll find it's not only me who has that as their favorite film of all time. Really? I'm uh, pretty sure <laughs> that out of the six billion people on planet Earth, it may be yeah, that me. you're alone in that fan club. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, dear. So, uh, yeah. So there's not a lot of plot, but there is a lot of cool action. There's one particular moment when, um, which is something that predates James Bond by about 30 years, where Fabio is in the, um, the underground station and he has to get from the top of an escalator to the bottom of an escalator very quickly. Oh, yeah. And he does it with such great style and panache. I, I enjoyed that bit particularly. It's, well, uh, what I love is that... There's a lot of fun stuff here. I, I do wonder, and this will be a question for Mr. Testy himself, and he may have already answered this, but during uh, especially the on foot portions of some of these chases it seems as if they're filming some of this in real time because testy looks like he has run a freaking marathon yeah and one of my favorite little <laughs> little moments of just watching an actor keep his shit together is when yeah. he, he gets to that point where he's about to start start running up that those those stopped escalators and he gets he gets a few steps up and he look he looks up and he just stops for a moment and he's panting and it's clear it's clear that he is wrung out and he just looks up yeah. and he just and, and he looks down at the ground and he's just it's it's clear the thought going through his head is oh my god what have I done to myself yeah how is he how is he still standing yeah he looks like yeah he's run a marathon it's it's kind of amazing and the the, the, the of course the the physical capabilities of the man are astonishing. He is this—he is this tall, you know, Italian god. He's amazing yeah. to watch, and he's yeah. uh, the, the all of the, the all of the, the stunt work and all of the running, all the chases, all this all this stuff that is so inc- and just yeah. And the flying—that's the thing that got me when I realized. Hang on, he's flying that plane <laughs> as well. Like how 
Is there nothing this guy can't do? This is turning into the uh, Fabio Testi love fest. Well, I was yeah. I was very impressed with the fact that by the time they introduced the the fact that he's sitting down in this plane and it's clear he's about to steal this guy's plane to go after the the, the criminal scumbag who's just taken off with the drugs. Uh, yeah. I, I was happy that Casulari is is not crazy in that he he has Testi get into the into the plane and then start look you know start looking and start and start fiddling with things on on there so it becomes evident that this guy is is uh, at least learned enough about what it takes to fly one of these things that he knows what to check for and how to make sure that the thing is actually ready to fly I was happy about that because if he yeah. just gotten in and we cut to him cranking the engine up and flying it's like come on give us a little something and thank goodness yeah. we do get those 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 few seconds inside yeah. the cockpit to give us a sense that no, no no this guy has been trained he does know how to do this but i do have a this is a feeling i've gotten uh each time i've watched heroin busters over the years and it's and it and it may relate to one of the reasons why i i I consider this to be not one of the best of the genre and you, you i don't know you may you may balk at my description of this but the 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 last half hour of this movie as we say is this massive chase that starts out on foot goes to motorcycles ends up in cars uh and then eventually you know segues bizarrely into you know planes (laughs) into prop planes and so what we end up with here is is this incredible end sequence of this movie which is don't, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Technically, it's a joy to watch, but mm-hmm. structurally, I think that the movie has the perfect climax, and then we get the airplane chase. Yes. Yeah, oh, you oh, agree? Yeah. You agree? Oh, I wow. mean, it's it's only there because Fabio could fly a plane, and then even he says that in the interview. Basically, okay. yeah. Castellari knew he could fly a plane. So he was like, oh well, we've got to have a plane sequence then is the only reason it doesn't need to be there at all uh, but, but i'm glad we're on board here because the the fantastic <laughs> chase that ends up with them at that uh, that outdoor that huge outdoor kind of amphitheater stage yeah. area that, that would have been a good place to end that gunfight that 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 really tense well done uh gunfight uh in that whole area there that's just the perfect ending. And Cascellari shoots it as if this is the yeah. climax of the film. That wonderful, wonderful above, uh, above looking down shot as the, uh, the, final, uh, the final act of that sequence plays out is just cinematic as hell. It's wonderful. It's such a good ending. It, would, it is the great ending to the film. It's, the, it's one of those images that you could end the film on and have the credits play over and it would be really, yeah. really memorable. And then but the... No- <laughs> yeah, but the fact that it continues on for another seven minutes or so uh-huh. uh, to, to have this this airplane sequence, yeah. it, it really feels anticlimactic, and it and it's one of the things that I feel kind of weighs the film down to a negative degree yeah. because, like, as interesting as it is to have the film do this, it 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 feels as if we're watching a coda. It's not. It's not a good ending, for my opinion. Mm. In my opinion, it's certainly not as good an ending as the one we just, you know, we just alluded to, where you're going, yeah, yeah man, that was that was incredible because that that ending, you know, has so much adrenaline in it and it's got so much suspense and tension, and then it ends in a really cinematic, visually impressive way, and then we've got this weird you know, airplane sequence yeah. at the end. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's basically, it feels like most of the film is designed purely to show off how cool Fabio Testi is. 
And he is. And let's not be let's not be is. wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I think the project um, he had quite a lot to do with it right from the beginning because he was friends with a guy who was a, a cop whose name was Nicola Longo, and he was a real. He'd been an undercover cop, and I mean, he, I mean, he didn't say specifically which bits of the story were true. But some of the heroin busters is based on the experiences of this friend of his who was a real undercover cop. And he was used as a sort of advisor on the set. And apparently he's even written his own book about his life as an undercover cop. Huh. So they were trying, in, in one sense, they were trying to make this realistic. And a lot of the Politsiteski films had kind of origins in news stories or real people or whatever. So there's, from that point of view, they've tried to make this feel quite real. But then, like you said, on the other hand, it's almost like a fantasy film with very little um, root in reality at all by the time we get to the end. Yeah, don't get me but, wrong. I would recommend this film, especially oh, if, absolutely. If, if, you, if you're interested in the genre. But, I mean, the main reason to watch this is for, to, to watch, you know, the super super charismatic Fabio Testi swagger his way through this movie. I mean, that's what this yeah. movie's centerpiece is, is just how awesome he is on screen. Oh, that's absolutely. what it boils down yeah. to. He really was. And still is, probably. I don't know. I haven't seen him in anything recently, but he is still working, I believe. Yeah, he's one of those guys who I would love to meet just to shake his hand and yeah. thank him for his work. I mean, he's just he yeah. he he is he is one of those uh, still thank goodness living legends. Yeah, no, he's really cool. Um, so the film has just recently been put out on Blu-ray over here. I don't know. Presumably, the box set is also available. Yeah, the set that's the come out with uh, it's, yeah. it's paired it's got with the big uh, racket. Yeah, so it's kind of a Fabio Testi double feature in a way. Yeah, it's called, uh, what's it called? Rogue Cops and Racketeers, two crime thrillers by Enzo Castellari. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm yeah, a much so bigger get... fan of The Big Racket. I really, really love The Big Racket. Oh, okay. They're, again, I haven't seen that one yet, but I will. Um, I think the main reason out of the two I picked this one to do was because of my familiarity with the soundtrack already. Oh, well, so, yeah, no uh, problem. They're both, they're both good examples yeah. of the genre. It's just that I, I, I'm a... You know, for they're, they're both films were made by uh, by Castellari. I just the big racket I think is is the superior of the two. Now, if anyone does pick this up and you look at the extras, you might get a little bit excited because it does say on oh, both films come with new audio commentaries by Adrian J. Smith and David Flint. But uh, sadly, it's not this Adrian J. Smith. <laughs> um, we often do get confused, but no, I am not him. There is another Adrian J. Smith out there who gets some cool jobs. <laughs> who knew that Smith was such a common name? I know. But it's funny that he goes by Adrian J. Smith just to distinguish himself from us other Adrian Smiths. But my initial is J as well. So, Oh, my goodness. But, um, but what is funny is a few months ago, Indicator, just out of the blue, sent me one of their new films. And I looked at it, and it was just I couldn't understand why they sent it to me. And then I realized that it was because it had a commentary by him, and they'd accidentally sent me his comp copy of the <laughs> blu-ray so this so the this this uh, identity uh mix up yeah. has has its benefits in weird ways so yeah so i did contact them i didn't just keep it i said hey you sent me this by mistake and they let me keep it anyway which was nice well you're you're um, you're, you're a better man than i i just kept my mouth it was shut. that oh what was it it was that donald pleasant's um greek vampire horror film i forgot what it's called oh 
Oh, I can't remember the name. I can't remember the name of it either. Yeah. But but anyway, so you'll see Adrian J. Smith's name on a lot of stuff. Now, Arrow used to ask me to do things. And (laughs) then when I think they realized I wasn't him, they stopped asking me to do things. Which I think uh, is I think is a shame. (laughs) And you've more than proven your capabilities in these areas, sir. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. But anyway, so it's not me. But uh, I'm glad that we had the opportunity to talk about the film on this Ooh, podcast. It just instead. occurred to me. You know how you, you, you could you should immediately start branding yourself as Dr. Adrian Smith. Uh, wow, there you go. Just to distinguish myself from him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Plus, by putting, write... by putting doctor in front of your name, you're, 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 you're bringing a I certain know. level of, of pause I to know. the people making that choice, right? That's true. <laughs> um, he did write a book about the Jallo. Uh, so he, there's a book out there. I think it's called Blood and Black Lace by Adrian Smith. So if anyone has that book, that also isn't me. I could be actually just, people might be turning off the podcast now in droves. Saying, what? <laughs> what? I thought it was that other guy. I thought, I thought it was a ripoff. Yeah, it's, like this, it's the wrong Englishman. <laughs> Damn it. Ah, oh, it's the wrong guy. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so it's out there on a lovely shiny Blu-ray with lots of really good extras that I haven't had time to watch all of them but i did watch the fabio testi interview and it was really good um so yeah that's it i think for the heroin busters lots to enjoy here um as well as interesting things to that we if maybe if we could do our own edit of the film we could tighten it up a bit and uh it might even be better i don't know I might, um, yeah I, but, might, I might sprinkle more david hemmings throughout it yeah know? yeah oh there's a really funny bit we haven't mentioned where he has to hitch a lift and nobody's stopping for him but he ends up getting a lift with this woman oh and it's after it's after motorbike. yeah and it's after he's been shot it's after david yeah. hemmings has been shot in the arm yeah and he's holding on to her um and basically i mean i don't perhaps want to spoil it but uh if he was a cop and if he grabbed hold of somebody on a motorbike like that these days he may not be a cop for much longer <laughs> true well i mean what's what's funny is he he realizes what he's done because she accelerated and so he grabbed her and 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 he immediately apologizes and she kind of laughs and goes oh i'm not it's not bothering me yeah she's like hold on tight so um, <laughs> he does uh, <laughs> anyway so yeah yeah he's good and it would be nice it would have been nice to have more of his character but he, he does he he's, he's he does what he needs to do let's say yeah um yeah. so that's the heroin busters we've got one film to go uh which is magnum cop that's going to be our last one for the season so do come back for that in a couple of weeks just out of curiosity Uh, have you seen have you seen that movie yet nope you know i can't (laughs) here's the horrible thing i think i have but i can't remember uh see i could have i when i made this list I, i think i said this before it was primarily based on what i already had in the cupboard um but also you know a couple of other things that that I didn't have but I could find and Magnum Cop I picked purely because it's got Joan Collins in it so um, <laughs> it might be terrible I've got no idea I'm, we'll find out together sounds good but but I, when I was I had to write an essay on Joan Collins for another network release last year and so I was intrigued reading about some of her lesser known uh, credits at the time so that's why I thought we'd go out on a We'll go out with Joan Collins and the, and the final, the final film of this season. So, so yeah. So if you want to play along at home, then um, find yourself a copy of Magnum Cop. That is the weirdest there. reason to cover a film I think I've ever yeah. encountered. 
Well, because it's got Joan Collins in it. I think that's the best reason to uh, to cover a film. <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I'm I'm obviously I'm I'm along for the ride. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you everybody for listening. Please do uh, like and uh, review and share and all that good stuff. There's a new, um, well, I say new, it's probably not that new, but there's a platform I recently became aware of called Podchaser, which I've been enjoying uh, getting into. So if you want to, you can find us on podchaser.com. And what's cool about Podchaser is as well as rating and uh, reviewing us, which would be nice, you can also, obviously you can listen to all the episodes, um, but you can build up a list of all your favorite podcasts and it's kind of like the IMDB for podcasts so you can see who all the different creators are and see what other podcasts they've been in so I've been compiling my my own list of podcast credits on there which has been fun Um, apparently I have about 80 hours worth of podcasts out there Mm. which is slightly worrying I imagine yours is in the in the hundreds, though, Rod. So, uh, yeah, considering with, yeah. that I've produced a few, a few hundred fish, episodes uh, on my own yeah. and then guested on a bunch of other shows as well. So I know. would, I'd, I'd love to see uh, at some point when you have time for you to create your own. Uh, <laughs> I've been thinking about it. Profile, and see just to see how it's really interesting to see just what you've actually been in. But um, but anyway, but it's a great platform, and you can find Wild Wild Podcast on there, and. Um, anyway but there's lots of other places anywhere that you listen if you can uh, rate us and leave a review that helps us a lot you can Mm -hmm. also buy us a virtual coffee now Uh, you'll find the link in the notes and um, I think that's probably about it for now so uh, thank you very much for listening and we will be back soon bye bye everyone Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.